1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Page to Stage.
2: A conversation with theater makers.
0: We're your hosts.
2: That's Brian.
0: And that's Mary.
2: This episode is part of our series on Chicken and Biscuits, a new play by Douglas
0: Lyons. And it's the second half of our conversation with last week's guest. If you haven't already, go back and listen to part one.
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price, line.
0: I'm wondering if you've had any conversations with the team about ticket pricing and making Broadway more accessible to audiences that <laughs> Ooh, might think broad, <laughs> that might think Broadway is unreachable.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, yes, we have. Um, Their prices right now are better. Um, there's special offers. Um, there's incentives. Um,
0: you can get. No, a- I mean, I, I personally think the chicken and biscuits pricing is is very fair. Number one, because you get a great seat regardless where you're That's sitting. True, true, true. Uh, and two, they really have a broad. Price range, which is great. I mean, twenty nine dollars, you can get a ticket for.
1: Yes, yes. It's depending on the theaters, depending on who's on the stage. You know, you have big, big stars. You get celebrities. Prices are going to be higher. You know, you get people who are up and coming. Prices might be a little bit lower. You know, um, people want to recoup back. Prices might be a little bit higher. (laughs) You know, it's it's a lot of different variables in that. So, um, I think keeping it affordable. Um, I think having special offers for students, I think is a must. You want to develop that next generation that's going to love theater. And the best way to do that is through pricing,
0: I think. One of the ways. Right. And I think that, you know, for people that might think that Broadway is unaccessible, unreachable, it, it can be a real, they might just not even think it's a form of entertainment. Meanwhile, they're going to go to the movies. They're going to spend $30 by the time they've gotten their popcorn and their soda. So... I just was wondering if that was part of, of the those conversations, and I'm sure it does come down to the producers regardless. And- yeah,
1: and it's, you know, Broadway is like a tradition. Broadway is like a rite of passage. It's something that, you know, families, you know, do. Um, like, you know, my mom introduced me to Broadway at a young age. So, you know, you don't, some folks don't get that. So... It has to be something that's developed. So you're trying to get those 20 somethings, those 30 somethings that have that, you know, instead of buying a pair of kicks, you know, invest in Broadway shows. So you got to grab them with something that they love. So Chicken and Biscuits is one of those plays because you're going to go to laugh. And, you know, you'll always remember your first Broadway show because it made you laugh, it made you cry, it made you think, it made you do something that you want to share that experience with someone else.
2: I'm also curious. I mean, especially with like looking at the last year and a half. I mean, look at how many movie musicals have been released just on streaming platforms, right? Whether it's like a live capture that's been released, like Hamilton or Come From Away, Diana, or if it's something that's been specifically made for that for that like form of entertainment. So, like in the Heights, Tick, Tick, Boom, for example. do you, do you think that like if more theaters filmed live capture, whether they plan to release it right away or if they held it for a rainy day, um, do you think that might help introduce live theater to more audiences?
1: Well, I think during a pandemic when we realized Zoom, and I think that's a bad word now because I'm tired of Zoom, but um, <laughs> I think it gave it such a broader reach um, that we did never did think about as far as live theater. Live theater has always been come to New York, get that Broadway experience, you know, see the show unless it went on tour. I think it's something that can be um, utilized as what we're calling now a hybrid. There could be something that's on, you know, streaming and then something that you still want that Broadway experience because it's you know, it's coming to New York, you know, seeing 42nd Street, you know, going to see various Broadway shows, taking in the whole New York vibe that you can't get anywhere else. So
2: Yeah, I had someone once explain to me it was kind of scary <laughs> the 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 comparison of like, you know, streaming musicals or, you know, movie musicals are kind of like the Disney movie. And then you go to like Disney World or Disneyland and it's a whole other experience. And so Broadway and New York theater is like just like the Disney World and Disneyland in terms of like you're getting so much more. You're going to the New York restaurants or you're seeing where – or you could travel and do a little bit more historical path if you wanted to see like where like Hamilton's house was or the Trinity church or down where Jonathan Larson used to live. So there's like those moments of history built into a lot of the, I shouldn't say a lot, but I should say like a portion of what's happening around you not just like walking to the theater and seeing True. the show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm absolutely. really curious to see what happens as we continue Um In this, like act two, if you will, Um, I like that
1: act two. Yes, (laughs) Broadway is for you. Yes, it's bringing everyone back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed it. We missed
2: it. (laughs) I know, I know. It's like, I mean, working in the industry, I think anyone who worked in the industry prior to the shutdown, I think there was definitely some sort of like mourning or like some sort of loss and missing it, of course. But I think, like, When I've, like, watched, like, when I've gone to see, like, live theater in New York since the reopening, it's just, like wow, like you just really didn't realize how much you were like starving for it. Like there is such a community, but also like my whole brain was like rewired after going to see <laughs> Passover. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, yes, like you can't get yeah. this on TV. You can't get this Absolutely. on Zoom. Like love Did you, it. Were but, you yeah. there
1: for the first one? Were you there for opening night when they had the block party? Yeah. I was, yeah. was, <laughs> was, That was cool. That was, we worked on that show as well. That was uh, fun. That yeah, was that fun. Was a cool, was yeah, cool
0: moment to be a part of. That was, that was, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, yes, when you had those moments, you was just like, oh, my God, Broadway is back.
2: (laughs) On the same mindset of keeping Broadway or having Broadway be more accessible, specifically in terms of ticket pricing and inviting new audiences and new communities into the Circle of the Square or other New York theater spaces. Is there a, a bit of education in terms of kind of like reframing the device of like Broadway is for you? Broadway can be for you in your communities. For anyone who may have felt shut out because of ticket prices or because of um, some of the, the the stories that were being told in the past.
1: Yes, we had to go back and readjust our line of communication with folks to say Broadway is for you, welcoming you back. One, you had to. We had to assure people that they were going to be safe due to covid um so that was one making sure people were like okay people had to be vaccinated to come inside it's you know it's good so that messaging had to be extremely clear for cast and folks that were going to be in the audience so yes it was a different way of talking to folks people on our audience development team especially richard pelzer was always like we had to make sure people felt welcomed in especially people of color, which wasn't always the case. Um, sad to say, we had to specifically go after those audience and say, "Come on back, you know, we're here for you." The plays are different. The plays look different, and um, there's something on Broadway for you to
2: see. There's a lot of work. You said there's a lot of grassroots work that you do. I'm assuming just you know in the pre-production normal conversations. Once the show is opened. Are you still working on the grassroots, like, marketing level? Are you still... Oh,
1: yes. That, yes. Because you're that working beforehand. straight yes. through. Straight through. Straight through. Which is, um, you know, you get a campaign. Like, for Chicken and Biscuits, one of our campaigns was restaurants. Soul food restaurants. Because it was Chicken and Biscuits. So, we went after different soul food restaurants that had a Chicken and Biscuits something menu on their menu. And we reached out to um, restaurants in each one of the boroughs. So, that was a fun project. So, that started... Um, before the show and then it continued all the way through and that was very grassroots so different interviews that vivacity had we had at some of the soul food restaurants so that's how we work in conjunction with them so as you know douglas was getting interviewed you know they would serve them a plate of chicken and biscuits so it's like a whole campaign so yes all the way through Oh, that's fun! All those gas prices. Yeah, it, <laughs> this this show was fun to work yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Almost
2: There's like, so yeah, much. It was, it was, I mean, I'm sure it was d- delicious as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So aside from the fact that Chicken and Biscuits is a comedy, how do you make the show stand out among a season of, on Broadway with so many other plays, but especially alongside so many plays written by writers of color? Like how do you make this special for people to say I'm going to buy a ticket to Chicken and Biscuits?
1: You said the word, it was a comedy. That was the first one. It was a comedy. Um so people needed to laugh. You know, we're, we're- we're in a pandemic. People want to laugh. You didn't want something that you really had to think about. You wanted to be entertained and just laugh. And, you know, it's everybody's black church experience somewhere in there. You could see yourself in a in the church and the in the deaconess and the choir and you know, the crazy, you know, sisters, you know, you saw yourself somewhere in there. So it was just a fun play to work on.
2: Just know. it was just I'm, really fun. I'm really shocked that we haven't seen more comedies because I felt like as like a community, as an industry, we all just like agreed over the shutdown that we were not going to see any like dramatic, sad. We yeah. were going to only like laugh. Like we did that for the last year and a half. Like now we've That's come true. to laugh and re- like be joyful and uh, yeah. So I'm surprised yeah. that we haven't seen am- more yet.
1: I am too. Now that you think about it, there aren't many comedies on Broadway. They're always so thought provoking and they're always, you know, there's something that you're going to learn, but that's, that's Broadway. But like you said before, um, Brian landscape has changed. So maybe there will be more comedies out there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Here's hoping chicken and biscuits was a, um, a limited or a fixed run. So, but you've also, you've worked on, or you have clients that have an an open-ended run. So I'm curious if the marketing campaigns or marketing plans shift because you know that you have an end date in sight, you know, when, when you get started versus like a Hades Town, um, where, you know, you hope that you run forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, no, the campaigns are the same. They're just will to be shorter or longer. Um, again, we take it towards the show. So it's not about the length. It's the campaigns within the show that we feel will sustain the best. So, you know, some we could do a restaurant campaign for a year, two years, if given the right show. So it's depending. It's depending. You kind of you know, you juggle. You, you take it
0: as like a pro- projects within that project show, project. and you just keep making a project yeah. until the show. Because is... I mean, really, oh.
1: for Hades Town, you could find a restaurant campaign in Hades Town, absolutely. But you know, that's a unique um, audience for Hades Town. I don't think we would do a restaurant. We might would link with a restaurant because that's about hell. We would find like Hades or something like that. You know, we've used things like Devil Foods Cake yeah, yeah. so it's things like that that you know you could use so it's just always just thinking how you can make that hook
0: mm, to reel them in
1: there you go <laughs> yes
0: uh we're gonna move into our lightning round which necessarily isn't isn't lightning on your part it's okay. more just that we have some questions that we like to ask sure. everybody and we sure. just go through them bing bang boom mary start us off
2: all right. If you could trade, trade jobs with another member of the chicken and biscuits team for one week, who would it be? And why would you want that position? So this could be creative. This could be cast. This could be crew up to you.
1: Okay. So me personally, it would be Hunter. I would want to lead and, and pull all the punches. It would be Hunter for sure. Shout out to Hunter.
0: <laughs> what is one thing in the theater industry that confuses you?
1: Um, ticket prices. I had to think about that because I, I, I'm literally in my head going like, "What really confuses me? Ticket prices because they're so it's such a dynamic scale. You know, you have that premium ticket to the forty nine dollar ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's like." A little weird, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) What are three adjectives that describe your ideal working environment? Fun, learning, tenacious.
0: Is there something about your marketing process or what what you're doing at Real Men Productions that you find unique to you?
1: We are a team that can strive on being individuals, but we're stronger together.
2: What is one hobby you have outside of the theater?
1: Somebody asked me that. I wish I had one. I would say um, exercising. I I need to do that more. Uh, I'll use that as a hobby because it's all work. (laughs) It's all work. (laughs) Yeah,
0: That's another job. Um, (laughs) Do you have any books or resources that you find helpful to you in your process?
1: Oh, absolutely. Always reading. Um, Producers have uh, given me books on producing, how to produce. Um, So you're always looking to – fine tune this craft. Um, so you should always be searching to read, to learn. Um, so I will pick up any book um, that can teach on teamwork, um, something on guidance, something on leadership, um, podcasts, <laughs> so just for you guys, you know, different things like that. So um, I think you should, yeah, learning.
2: I know we don't comment, but I really love the fact that you're not just reading like other like industry books, you're looking outside of the industry for your books, I love that, that's great. Okay, great, so our last question is, it's based um, from the tagline from the show, it's how has this process fed your soul? The cast is phenomenal,
1: um, the cast is family. Um, these are relationships that's going to go on and on, so I look forward to seeing them again and again on a different project, and you know, giving them a big hug and go, let's do this again.
0: <laughs> yeah, they look like they're having such a good time. up right now. there, and a big family. Yes. <laughs> How can our listeners find you on either social media, your website, all your projects that you're working on?
1: At com. So spell that out. realmen R-E-A-L-E-M-N, productions with an S, dot com.
0: Great. amazing thank, thank you. you so much for coming thank on you. here Thank you. sorry bearing for the technical
1: through, difficulties <laughs>
0: bearing through all the technical difficulties but it all will right. be seamless seamless oh in the episode yes okay. so but thank you so much for, <laughs> for joining you. us thank tonight you. and taking the time out of your monday to do this okay yes. thank you guys
2: thanks everyone for listening to this episode of page to stage to keep up with us you can find us on instagram and facebook at page to stage podcast
0: if you enjoyed this episode we have other conversations with theater makers from chicken and biscuits check them out Until Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary.
2: We'll see you later. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually
1: feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives.